clapping hands, yes. Why do you look like you just came from playing golf? Because uh, I'm wearing a white polo shirt and a dad hat. I mean, <laughs> yeah. With the I'm top wearing... button unbuttoned. Top button? Yeah. Top two buttons. Top two we buttons. We show chest hair with a polo, thank you very much. <laughs> we are not. I am both not like a teenager who does the like, for the listener at home, buttoning the top buttons, buttoning all the buttons, like to look like a douche canoe. Like, I'm not a skater. I don't need to do this this move like this is terrible i look yeah. like a catholic schoolgirl. like oh i don't know i've never sucked a dick before <laughs> like no no yeah we that's what it invokes hair. to me as like a preteen a dork yeah it's gross it's stupid i do like a little bit of chest hair out like hi we're on we're you know in nantucket just for a couple days we you know i had to get away from the kids they're driving me insane um so we're just gonna go we're gonna go to the vineyard we're gonna have lunch um you know do a couple tastings of bottles and um you know just to get away just gotta get away maybe dip the toes in it's just a little you know well this is a really elaborate fantasy i wasn't expecting that i mean i didn't pop the collar so it's not like i'm that waspy (laughs) do people do that anymore i feel like i haven't seen that move in a few years now i will pop if I have another jacket to put on top and then we're doing double like jacket collar and then it's like, Ooh, I'm cold. Oh really? So there is appropriate times to pop your collar. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought that it's was just very, very waspy. It's so preppy. It's always waspy preppy. I feel like that was yeah. ruined by the, uh, the days of multiple popped collared shirts on at the same time. Steve Bannon style layers. Uh, huh. Do you remember that? I mean, that was that was big in the early aughts. I mean, I I may or may not have dressed a mannequin or seven in my day, putting multiple polos and including one where we put five to put the whole palette of polos wow. on. Yeah, um, that was a choice. Do you think that uh, that was a clever marketing ploy on the part of fast fashion to get people to have to buy more shirts? Was like, hey, wear two, wear three at a time. That was before fast fashion. Well, it was. That was when you. It was Abercrombie and Fitch and things like this. I would consider that basically fast fashion. I mean, when one polo is 40 to $70, that's not necessarily fast fashion. That is a money grab for knitwear because those things cost about 380 to make. Yeah. If that, that's generous. Um, so when you're marking it up that much, you're just like, Ooh, money. I want money. I want money. I want money from the dumb children. At least like I never did the thing where I had to put like a polo over the, Oh no, I did like the polo over the long tank top or the long t-shirt. So it was like layers. So everyone looked like they had like a ham roll going on. I was a big fan of the long t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt under the polo look for a brief period of time. I think that's fine still. There's something charming about that. Really, I think the long sleeve t-shirt is never fine. I don't think it ever looks good. Even on its own, it looks bad. It looks baggy. It never looks right. Um, the only time I like it... What? Okay. Um, the only time I like... Sorry, my screen is blowing up with business papers. I'm like, you need to stop. Um, the only thing I like is like a rugby where it's got like the white collar in the long sleeve t-shirt. Oh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of that, but okay, sure. I like that. I had a couple. They shrunk. I said, no, I can't live this way. I also think I spilled coffee on both of them, and I was like, well, fuck it. Never mind. <laughs> um, 
I was like, A, you make me look fat, and B, there's stains like right <laughs> like on the <laughs> gut. I'm like, I look terrible. <laughs> so we have to burn these. Thank God they were from Target. Just set them free. I don't care. It's fine. I, I do think that they're open for like irony uh, provisions because I'm waiting for someone to take one of those rugbies and like cut the sleeves off. Ooh, I would be surprised like if, that, Gen if that hasn't Z already shit. happened. That's probably happened, don't you think? I have not seen it ever. And, okay. Uh, you know, I have to imagine. I mean, like, everyone at this point just looks like um, uh, John Robus looked three years ago. All the teenagers <laughs> are just biting that. You know, like, that's, yeah, that's the true. look. And I'm like, you guys, <laughs> did you just raid his closet? Like, what is he? Like, I don't know. What are you going to do next? Like, I don't know. I don't understand. This is the that's your moment. The oh, moment that, was it's really years cracking ago. me up because it's perfectly accurate. Only a few people will know what that means, but that's very funny. Oh, they everyone who <laughs> listens to this will be like, he's not wrong. He is very yeah. right. So you know, if you want like forecasting, just be like, oh, what's he? Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Oh, we're we're moving to Berlin again. It's two thousand four all all over again. Um. So that's kind of the world, um, as far as I see. Oh, great! What what is going Sorry. on over there? <laughs> You're constantly like a, a recoiling. <laughs> I can't. Get... I heard like a weird pop fizz in my ear. I was like, "What's going on? Are my cables fine?" <laughs> okay. Things are bad technologically here at the Green and Lewis East, uh, uh headquarters we have problems we gotta let the fios people in tomorrow they're coming from 10 to who knows when the fuck they're gonna come they need wires they gotta get in the backyard i hope they have a ladder they you know they won't all right thank you Um, bernie sanders for that (laughs) kind fetching bernie about calling yeah (laughs) i gotta call the guy and then he's coming and i don't know when he's gonna show up does he even have a fucking ladder who knows Hmm. um so that's where i'm at uh i don't know if like they had to call. I was like, "Oh my god!" They actually called to confirm an appointment. I was like, "How nice! How charming! This is very antiquated." But thank you for the call. It's Verizon. You should have fucking texted me. But all right. Well, we'll see if they follow through on it. I mean, famously, utilities are not very good about honoring their appointment windows. So you might be in for a uh, long wait tomorrow. They said between ten and twelve. So I'm guessing one forty-five. I think that's a safe bet. That's what I would have said as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. They're not coming on their lunch break, you know? So no. you got to wait until at least that's over. Or they're going to come at 9.15. They're going to be like, we're early. I'm like, I scheduled it for the second block, you motherfuckers. No, no, no. We don't, no, we're not doing this. Um, And I was like, oh, my God, I have to clean before they come. And I was like, no, you could just pile crap into a room and close the room, close the door. <laughs> But then yes. I was like, oh, if they have to get into the backyard, do they have to go into one of the rooms that I would be shutting the door on? I'm yeah, like, who knows how I? they're going to run that line? You have no idea. You better just don't do the college clean. That's what you're describing. That's college cleanup. Yeah, I just have to like take the trash out and do my dishes and I'm fine. I already like cleaned all my other floors, so it's fine. Um, But I'm just going to be like, yeah, tables have stuff on them. I don't know what to tell you. Their workspaces, um, spaces for work. I think that's fine. We've dis- we've covered this in past episodes, but that's just clutter. That's not being dirty. It's okay if tables have things on them. You don't need to be I organized. Have a lot of clutter for yeah, yeah. Having clutter is fine. Yeah, nothing's dirty. No, that's I, don't, well, I that's can't good. live that way. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> um. 
So anyway, did you yeah. uh, did you uh, rank choice vote for Andrew Yang yesterday? Did I steal your ballot? No, I did not. I did not engage in voter fraud. Um, as I famously don't know where I can vote. So. Oh, I forgot. I just... You don't even technically have residence in New York City. I pay taxes. I'm one of those tax-paying New Yorkers where I pay the taxes, but I don't enjoy any of the other things because those usually mean more fees and taxes. So I go, I pay you the amount of taxes I I think you get. You know, not all of them, not all the fees, not all the not all the things. It's not a question. You know, it's not a question of taxation. I guess I just forgot that you're. Yeah, you're not an eligible voter in New York City. I should have just put it that way. I'm like a residential alien of New York City. Yeah, that's you know? right. Yeah, that's right. You're on your H-1B visa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe one From of these Ohio. days you'll get a green card. I know. <laughs> one day. You know, one day I'll find a man and get a green card, you know. But, uh, you know. Oh, but good for you. You couldn't participate in the uh, grotesque spectacle of the New York mayoral race. Apparently it was a shit show. People were like, why do I have to pick so many things? I already have to pick one. one. Forcing people to pick more than one thing is like... Has no one ever been in line at a Panera and been behind a dumbass who's like, so I'm going to do the you pick two and I'll get the uh, broccoli cheddar and, uh, hmm, do I want a sandwich or a salad? This sounds kind of light. Like, right. we can't do that as people. So, like, don't give them three options and then candidates that it, that they don't know shit about fuck about. I know. I feel like ranked choice voting it w- must have been very confusing for most voters that show up and just expect to pick one you know like most people don't even know that that was instituted or know what that is so the poor poll workers i'm sure had to do a lot of explaining yesterday oh i'm sure well it was over like multiple days because you could vote or like a day early or i don't know oh sure i'm sure they built in extra time for like how much of a shit show it was going to be so yeah do you know, I mean, you probably don't know because you're not a registr- registered voter there, but are they going to do that for everything now? Or is it only New York local elections where there's ranked choice voting? The fu- I think it's just the primary things. Just for the primaries. Oh, okay. That would make sense, right? Yeah, I mean, you could you could theoretically... Would have first runner-up mayor? Yeah, no. you could theoretically do it for the, primary, or the, the main mayoral race too, but there's only going to be two candidates. I mean, actually, there is probably more than that, but the third-party people... Well, the Republican candidate never wins. No, of course not. So that's off the, you know. Yeah. That's off the table. Um, but I don't know. Did you see that Andrew Yang just tanked, like, spectacularly? It was kind of amazing. No shit. Like, he doesn't actually live here. He's never voted, uh, you know, who might, you know, those in glass houses. But, you know. If you think Italy is a bodega, you have no business being a mayor of New York. You are so out of touch with everything. Like, yeah, favorite subway station, Times Square. Oh, <laughs> best bagel in L.A., clearly. And you're like, ah, I must murder this man. Um, but apparently him and like some other uh, candidate tried to like gang up on somebody else. And I was like, what? Who cares? Yeah, they were trying to they were trying to get their respective voters to rank them one and two so that they could. Uh, one of them would win over the guy who ended up winning. Yeah, the police union guy. Yeah, isn't that funny? Turns out now New York has a cop and former Republican for a mayor who's going to open carry a gun as part of his <laughs> People forget deal. that in the boroughs, shit gets very conservative. Yeah, absolutely. 
No, I'm not surprised. I mean, this guy is like somewhere between like a Trump and Biden type of figure, you know? Oh, yeah. And based on our last election, we know how the electorate, you know, they tend towards the moderates these days, especially when the left can't get its act together, even in a mayor's race. Well, plus all those people who left who were like, I'm going to go to my parents or I'm going to buy a house, uh, you know, out uh, like three states away. But I still like, you know, I love New York. I'll visit like they're all gone. Oh, so uh, everything's a lot quieter. It wasn't even that. that. I don't think that I don't I think you're overestimating how many of those people are gone. I mean, it, that has got nothing mm. to do with it. You can just look at the New York Times map in terms of the breakdown of who voted for who and the outer boroughs and the outside of the outer boroughs, not the gentrified parts, all voted for this Eric Adams guy. Yeah. Well, because so. those are neighborhoods where like they re- those are older neighborhoods that remember the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. And they don't want it back. That's right. And yeah. they're underserved already. No, like I totally understand yeah. it. I, I have nothing. I have nothing against these people. It's just hilarious MTA, that after the yeah. events of last year, that a guy like this would win. You know. Well, and then when the MTA is like, "Oh no, we're just going to slowly like decay your s- subway stations until it's like no longer," because fuck you, they're like, "Excuse me, we schlep two hours to make this city work, so you need to not do that." Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not like the, who the mayor is matters anyway. They have very little power, and everybody just ends up hating them at the end of the day. You know, That's I what know the... it's a very undesirable job. It like, is. I don't know why you, why would you want that? Like, unless you're trying to be like, I'm going to be a New York City mayor, and then I'll be president. It's like never has happened ever. Yeah, I was just about to go there too. Famously, New York, no New York mayor has ever really made it to national politics. That's not how it goes. Pause. Check your cables. Check my cables. You got very quiet. I did. Yeah. Uh, I'm check checking myself. Ooh. Can you, are you sure? I sound Now you're on, back. Uh, now I'm back. Yeah. Okay. It got very quiet all of a sudden. I don't know. Maybe it was the volume on your computer because everything checks I don't out touch over it. here. All right. Huh. All right. Any, anywho, yeah. No, it's not like a stepping stone to any greater political aspiration. No, absolutely not. Has, has, have people ever become like senator from New York after doing new york mayor no because you're so fucking unpopular because you half of the city more than half of the city is going to hate you after you know eight years right yeah no also i think like senator is a good question i'm not really sure about that but i i think like that's almost a step down from being the mayor of new york like that's a more prominent position in a certain way what is being the mayor of new york is sort of is sort of a higher echelon of politics than the senate like I don't think people make that transition exactly, because you want to go to the uh, the executive branch that's higher than you. You know, you get to go maybe be a Chuck governorship Schumer. or something. Yeah, I know, but like, what is he doing? You know what I mean? You don't want to be a legislative cog. You want to be an executive, and it's sort of hard to get higher than that. But anyway, I suppose yeah. Not like it matters. I don't know who cares. Doesn't really matter who the mayor of New York is. Nothing will come of it anyway. No, it, 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 yeah, I don't know. I've just had a fun Except time when, following it from a distance because it's been such a disaster of a race, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been like, you know, when, okay, so I, I think, I, do you remember like the cool Britannia phase? Uh, no, what does that mean? In the, in the 90s when it was like, uh, it was like either Jubilee celebration, some bullshit. So it was like, that's when like Britpop was ha- like cool Britannia, like, Britain tourism, uh, you know, around the same time, no, afterwards, then we had, like, 
you know, the New York Giuliani tourism boom. Like they took everything out of the Cool Britannia playbook. We've discussed this, I think. Um, maybe um, we have, but I mean, would the Spice Girls be part of that? Yes. Okay, then yes, I do. Or it's like this. export the idea of New York to the world. So like that hasn't really happened in a big way in a long time. For New York City, it hasn't happened in a long yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, maybe I guess so. Where are you going with this? I'm curious. You know, like we're not going to have that. Like in terms of cyclical. Uh, regenerative things like after like Giuliani for how terrible everything was like he was a really good like hondler of New York sure and like, I mean he making was popu- head- headlineable bullshit you know yeah and he was popular because he presided over the apocalypse like yeah you know oh, I, I guess I kind of I forgot about he was 9/11. America's mayor Oops. you know that that's why <laughs> I would say when you're talking about more like exporting an image of New York or trying to revamp it or whatever, it was really Bloomberg that did that. No, that was that was just making that was just making it Disney. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. That was more about like gentrification and real estate development than it was about tourism per se. Yeah, because when you think about the the Giuliani thing, it's like no, it's safe here. You're not going to get stabbed anymore. You can come to Times Square. Fuck yeah! Like we got rid, we're getting rid of all the hookers, and you're like whoa, and fuck fuck the Brooklyn Museum with this, you know painting with the shit on it no and then you have stirs about like what's cult like you know what's cultural about the city you know sure um again ideas to export yeah yeah i you you think that's gonna happen now under eric adams is that what you're saying or no i'm a little no 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 no. i i mean i i think that like every new york mayor wants to have that moment but again part of that moment is spurred by like culture war fuckery and national tragedy yeah, to have sure. that kind of moment, which I don't think you should want to aspire to have that kind of position to deal with because none of these people could handle that. No, and I, I also think it's unfashionable right now to focus on uh, anything foreign at every level of politics, really. It's all about domestic issues because things have become so bad in this country overall. And New York has its own particular issues that like the focus needs to be on what happens for New Yorkers not for yeah. potential tourists or whatever. I don't think people are concerning themselves with that very much. Because like you mentioned no. with the MTA, there's like crumbling infrastructure. It's got all the same problems as America generally, but with the additional element of like uh, finance capital and real estate, you know, making it unlivable for working class people. So yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of things to iron out that have to do with domestic New York issues and not with tourism. Yeah. So that's probably where the focus will be. But I would agree with you that that every mayor kind of wants that moment. I think Bill de Blasio kind of wanted that. Maybe not in the form of tourism exactly, but I think he wanted to be loved, you know? Yeah, he was on NPR every fucking Friday going like, I'll take your calls, but getting fucking railed over the phone on NPR. Like, my dude, no. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Who Who knows? Also, who cares? I just, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I I don't know. Yeah, like so many things, it's just beyond your power or control anyway, so what difference does it really make? You might as well just watch it happen and hope that some of it benefits you. Yeah, the, uh, like, at this point, all changes in the city are so decided already by other factors, i.e. capital and finance and real estate and fuckery. Like, I'm not... What's What's a mayor going to do? You know? Just grease the wheels to make it happen faster so they get some, you know, cash back on it. Yes. That's all that's going to happen. Yeah, that's right. 
So, and they're probably going to privatize more things just to take the strain off the city budget a little bit, and they get a little kickback from that. You know, whether it's in the form of political capital or just actual bribery, it's the New York well, like political the, machine, baby. That's how it works. Yeah, like the Omni thing, like um, the phone, the phone paying for Subway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did that ever happen? Myrtle Broadway. And I saw someone use it, and I went, what? Oh, wow. Yeah, an innovation from 15 years ago in Japan and Europe finally makes its way to the Myrtle Broadway station, thanks to Blossom. <laughs> I thought it was never going to be there. I was like, they would never. You know how easy it would be there to stand stand at that little, in that station, and just, like, wipe credit cards all day long? Like, damn. You know that's not encrypted securely in any way shape or form <laughs> yeah you better hope like that wi-fi that's probably like an open wi-fi station they're just like yeah the password's password <laughs> jump <laughs> on in man and you're like but is it password or is it password one two three four and they're like well the one two three four is the secure one oops <laughs> i would not be surprised but you know i yeah i i'll gamble with my stupid little flimsy yellow card until until those are no longer but that makes me sound like one of those people who's like tokens i wish they had the tokens again yeah i mean one of these days they'll get their their act together and there won't be cards anymore but it'll be a while so i don't think you have to worry about it i mean yeah i don't know i'm not worried about it that much it'll take another 20 years all right so what else you got here on this day not much, man. I'm sleepy. I got up early today. I was up at 6 a.m., so I, I'm, you know. Oh, you got me beat on that one, but... uh, 6 a.m. to go and mop some floors. I was Cinderfella today. Oh, really? Why were you mopping? Don't they have janitors for these things? No! I thought you were, like, a 100,000 air retail manager. Again, what is this fantasy <laughs> that, you know... It's not 2016 where, you know... You can be a store manager and be like, look at all my money. That's gone. No. that the, the time, the golden age is over where you're just like, oh, you think you're getting a bonus this year? No one's getting bonuses anywhere ever. Are you a banker? You don't get a bonus. Yeah. No one's getting bonuses ever again, except for bankers. They always get them. I think they, I think we're kind of in this new world based on like things that are happening in the world that like. Like someone from, I think it was Morgan Stanley or one of the other things, like left, like he was a uppity muckety muck, you know, uh, went to Google. So I feel like bankers are slowly losing their power. Oh, I don't, I don't know if one transition from, you know, Wall Street to Silicon Valley really demonstrates that bankers are losing their power, but continue. Well, like the, the, you know. The more talented you are, the more likely someone from Google is going to be like, we have more money than them. Um, And you just go, okay. Um, So what that will breed is just like, again, like some terrible 2008 nonsense because then like schemers and scammers are just going to be like, I can be a banker too, which is what all like finance advertises. Like, yeah, you can be rich just like these people. And you're like, but you don't come for money. So no, you didn't go to Princeton. Um, so I, I wonder what, how that will shake out in the next 15 years, let's say. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really have thoughts on that. Like, you know, I wasn't aware to any degree that like Silicon Valley was poaching from this sector. 
but I also don't, I don't know. It really, it really depends because they just do different things fundamentally. I guess not actually. The more, the more and more uh, useless capital that these giant mega corporations have, the more and more they have need for investment managers and things like this to figure out what to do with it. And in some way, like every company is just a stock company masquerading as producing a product or something. So essentially, yeah, sure. You know, like, like, uh, this is famous in the case of GM, like they're actually more of a loan company than they are a car manufacturer. Excuse me? Explain that one. Most of their profit comes in the form of uh, credit and giving out loans. It doesn't come from manufacturing cars. Oh, it's like I—I I would imagine that it's something like I don't know the details exactly, but I would imagine that it's something like the financing of the vehicles and like whatever little profit they can scrape off of that is actually more lucrative than the product itself. The cars, yeah, the interest. So the leasing and the refinancing and things like this. So yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I'm not, you know, like as as shocked as I am, I'm like. Oh no, 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 that makes sense. That's the business to be in. Sure, and because tech- like cars get cheaper and cheaper to make, but the prices haven't changed ever, right? As long as I've been alive. Well, so. I don't know if they've necessarily. Bec- I don't know if they necessarily become cheaper and cheaper to make. I mean, I suppose so, but you have all sorts of issues with like supply chains and raw materials now that are probably changing that equation. Um, but where yeah. I was trying to go is that like tech companies are probably an even better example of this because they don't produce anything tangible anyway, and they have m- many fewer employees overall, except for of course like Amazon. Um, so you know I would imagine as they accumulate money, you don't want just dead capital sitting there because it just loses value if you have a lot of cash holdings. Apple. Yeah, you need things. To, you need things to be gaining interest, and you know, making options plays, and doing all the whatever complex financial maneuvers that I'm not smart enough to deal with, um, at a high level. So, yeah, which is why I never understood why like Apple always did their credit servicing through Barclays. I was like, an English bank? What? Why? Yeah, that was always weird. I don't know. They probably just struck some kind of deal early on that has an expiry date and eventually they'll take care of it themselves. You know, an Apple credit card would be really appealing to like... They have it. There's an Apple card. Well, I know, but it's like underwritten by Barclays or whatever. One that was, Yeah, I think so. Huh. Maybe not, but one that was purely Apple. They don't want to touch their cash hoard. Well, no. um, The the point I was trying to make is they, they do want to touch that. It's bad to have a bunch of holdings in cash. You need you need the uh, the spice to flow, as they say in Dune. Things need to circulate. Say that phrase one more time for me. <laughs> the spice must flow. Okay. All right. Interesting. Never heard that one. That's a new one. Well, that's one from you know the science fiction nerd universe. I've never read Dune, by the way. I don't care about Dune. But that's just a <laughs> thing. That's just a thing that people know. That's a famous quote. Is that movie still coming out or no? Oh, good question. The Denis Villeneuve dune uh i think so i mean they made a full trailer for it and everything i'm surprised it's not on hbo max already because <laughs> what who was in it john boyega timmy chalamet i remember timothy so, chalamet i don't remember anybody else i watched like half that trailer once and i was like yeah this probably isn't really for me although i like terrible. that director yeah, yeah. oh I you know what like... that reminds me of fast what? and the furious nine comes out in two days great so we got to go see it i 
Do I feel comfy in a movie theater? I don't know. Oh, come on. Give me a break. I haven't worn a mask to any public public establishment in months now. It's great. Just get oh, over it. Oh, it's happening all over the place here. You got your wish. You thought it was going to be so far away. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Oh, good. Are the masks public... optional in places now? Officially? No one, no one can really ask you. So people recommend it, but there are some businesses who are like, we don't care. Wear a mask when you're not like at your assigned seat, which I think is fine. Oh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That That's months-old behavior. I'm waiting for that to go away as well. Anyway, I didn't want to get on to the mask talk. What I wanted to no. talk about was Fast and the Furious 9 and how excited I am about it and that I want to go see it when I get back to the city. we got to go to Alamo and go see Fast 9. Come on. I think it's probably fine. I think at Alamo, they're probably like, if you want to come see a movie, show us your fucking Vax card, and I'd be like, fine, I can do that. Ugh. Oh, here we go again with the Vax stuff. But God, I'm really not looking forward to that. I don't want to have to show anybody my papers. This is not Germany in the 30s. And I don't want to wear a mask anywhere. Maybe I'll wait. Maybe I won't come back till it's really over. Because this psychotic liberalism is going to be really oppressive. And I am not looking <sighs> forward to it. Okay. In order to enjoy the fruits of the city, sometimes you have to play by the rules. Even like the Sarah Gina Bakery is like, while, while we, you know... If you're fully vaxxed, like, again, no one can ask. So if you just roll in, they're just going to be like, uh-oh. Um, so in order to keep kind of keep the tensions low in the room, you kind of just go, fine, if this makes you guys feel better. Again, that's the only thing. You're just like, do you guys feel better if this? Yeah, okay, fine, sure. Well, no, I want to be um, crystal clear. What does it say on their door? Does it say masks optional if you're fully vaccinated? Yes. Oh, great. Then I'm not fucking wearing one. That's That's good. Then we're fine. I don't care about tension relief or whatever. I don't have this weird guilt complex about this. I'm going to be rip-roaring oh. over there. Well, okay. I don't really care what makes other people feel comfortable. Other people need to get over it. I got the goddamn vaccine. What was the point if you can't use it? You know? I got my microchip from Bill Gates reluctantly. And now that I'm chipped up, I want to have my freedom. The silence is me raising my eyebrows at the, the, the phrase that was just uttered, you know? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. I, let me, let me share the story. So the following story. So I, I did do a float last week, but I went to a different place. Okay. So you know how the one in downtown or, uh, Cobble Hill is real chill. Yes. Shout out to Lyft next level floats. Thank you so much. I went to a new one in Greenpoint. My first mistake. It's like, they like kind of bill it as a spa. They're like, what would you, we will give you a tincture first to kind of model your, uh, your uh, experience. And I'm like, what? And then they're like, due to COVID restrictions, we will not be giving you a tincture. I'm like, what? What okay. tincture like, anyway? Is it CBD? Is it marijuana? What are they talking about? It's some about? kind of drops, like herbal drops. I know what a tincture is literally, but like of what order is what I'm asking. No, it's not It's not CBD. It's just like they just mix some herbs. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't sound Or in their necessary. normal time, they do that. Sure. But now they just are awkward and they're like, hi, scan. Here's a glass uh, QR code thing. Scan it so we, t- we can figure out what beverage you want afterwards. Beverage is a plus. I did like the beverage. Um, but you can't sit there and enjoy the beverage. They're like, here's your to-go cup. Get out. I'm like, I have to go out into the world after buying Zen. I just bought Zen. And now you're just kicking me out into, you know, the ass end of Greenpoint. Ugh. It's gross here. Um, 
So you didn't so, enjoy but, it? No, it, I was not in the right headspace, and I it, it was like a bad trip. I did not enjoy it. Um, but like the whole idea of like the spa thing, whenever they're in the mask, and they're like, okay, can you be careful? Can you put on socks? Like not even doing the barefoot, like chill hippie thing of like, yeah, just no shoes. Just put them under the thing. They're like, put your shoes in this box, and we will give you socks. I'm like, can I just be a hip? Like, you know, I'm not a fan of hippie dumb, but I'm like, I can just go barefoot. Like I'm wearing Birkenstock sandals. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Who cares? Like, I guess is there concern that you're going to get some sort of fungal infection or something from having, you know, the whole city coming through there with bare feet? I don't know. It's not a COVID thing, right? It's just a normal, that's how they operate thing. Yeah. But also, like, when you get into your stone tiled room, like, what are you doing? Like, showering with socks on? No. Like, that's going to be the moment, you know? Sure. So I, w- I was like, oh, you guys just don't want to, like, clean your terrazzo floors, is what you're telling me. Yeah, not as often. Yeah. So, but, like, the whole idea of, like, a mask during spa time, when it's very service-oriented, I'm like, you seem anxious. And I'm just trying to be chill, but the the vibe here is anxiety. It's not, like some people on the service front are still very anxious and those of us who are like listen i don't give a fuck anymore like as soon as i turn the corner to my back room this mask is fucking off this is just a show for you yeah right like it seems like there's still like the deep fear of the public and i'm like if someone's paying you almost a hundred dollars to like fake a blackout maybe trust them that they're gonna you know they're gonna be on a certain level or they're going to be anti-vex. I don't know. Maybe that's kind of the world that they're in there. Yeah, maybe. I, I, that's a really good point, actually. I can't but, tell. But so what? If you're the employee and you have the vaccine, why are you nervous? This is what I'll never understand about this, also, this like, ongoing anxiety. point might be very like aggressively like, I don't need a fucking, you know, like it could be that. That's I don't know. true. Uh, yeah, who knows? I don't know. Who knows where their anxiety is coming from? But it is, I would agree that that is a bad environment for that type of sensibility. Like you do want to be relaxed when you're going to do that thing. Yeah, it was it was it was not that. It was very like, okay, so we're doing all of this to. It was the theater that I was like, okay, I'm so over this as someone who, you know, did that. Like now I'm just like, clean twice. I don't care. Like do, if you clean, great. If you don't, we'll do it in the morning. I don't. We'll figure it out. Just clean the things we touch. I don't care about the public at this point. I'm like, everything we touch, yeah, wipe it down. The public, fuck them. They're, take- they, they're already taking it in their own hands. Like, Yeah, sure. Let's, I mean, Let's uh, throw some of the onus back on them, shall we? Yeah. Also, it bears repeating that like you can't get COVID from touching things anyway. This has been established a long time ago. I mean, do you know how disgusting the public is, though? I think they it's... They touch everything and then literally will put their whole fucking fist in their mouth well that was going to be point number two is i think it's a good uh new habit everybody has of constantly sanitizing things anyway just to keep normal disease and you know pestilence at bay i feel like the first like cold that you know breaks through is going to be a whopper you know like you think a lot of people are going to get sick is that what you mean no like you know whatever like common cold virus is like listen bitch fuck your Purell we're getting you it's gonna like knock people out which I think you know it's gonna be like have you ever had a sinus headache not not until now this is sinus headache x ready to fuck your life for three days and it's like oh 
It's not just going to be like, ooh, I'm achy and I have a schniffle. It's going to be like, go to bed for two days. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Or maybe we're killing the common cold. Yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful that people's hygienic practices are generally better and will remain so, f- at least for the short term. I don't think years from now when the pandemic fades into memory that uh, people will continue to sanitize and be particularly on guard about health, but uh, at least for a little while it'll be on everybody's minds. I know that's the way it is here. Like, the pandemic is over here as I was describing earlier, but like everybody is still pretty, pretty good about hand sanitizing and like, you know, covering their mouths and like doing everything right. And it generally seems like people are getting sick less like overall it's the summer also, which is typical. Summer is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the, maybe the winter will be worse, but I don't know. I don't think people's habits will be like necessarily rip roar and terrible very soon, but you're telling me that you've already been seeing this. I've seen, yeah, people are gross. I mean, someone was eating a gooey cookie and then fully, like, let it drop out of their mouth and then stepped on it. (laughs) On the floors that I just mopped, not four hours earlier, and I went, (laughs) what the fuck? Like, what? I was like, what is that? Because it looked like someone, like, took a, like, little mini Snickers, threw it on the ground, and then just crumbled it up and then i looked and i was like there's full chocolate chip you motherfuckers eating these nasty ass cookies right in front of me in in front of my floors in front of my salad you disgusting motherfuckers how dare you also yeah keep the I food mean, in your mouth how hard is it to keep fucking food in your mouth i know you teach this to children hopefully it was not a child that did it maybe it was a child but either way teach the children not to keep the fucking food from falling out of their goddamn mouths well, it shouldn't be normal to be eating when you're clothing shopping in an establishment. That's really weird. Why don't people I, eat where the eating happens, which is called the food court in a mall context, and you don't I, eat outside of that? I've never eaten while on my like shopping missions. Walking down the street, maybe you get a little pretzel or you get a little nibble, you get a chocolate chip cookie. Sure. Well, yeah, you don't do that because it's gross. It's just as gross for you as it is for everyone else around you. Like it's disgusting also, to be eating in a in a crowded establishment. That's really weird. Other than a, a non eating establishment, yeah. you're just like, mm, smells like a hot dog in here, and you're like, oh, there's a small child eating uh, pretzel wrapped hot dogs. That's disgusting. Do you want to take your nasty food smell away from me? Because I do want to vomit right now. Granted, it's harder to control with little children, but even still. You should get something of a handle on it. Like, wh- what kind of life are you? What kind of life are you telling the child to lead? Is is like, oh no, there's no separation between whatever you want to do at any time and also doing other things that you need to get done. You know, like you know, right. maybe maybe instill like a European sense, like oh, we're doing the eating thing. Now we're doing the excursion thing. Now we're doing the having a beverage thing. Yeah, these should be discrete moments. I agree. And the children should learn that from early on. I, I'm trying to think, like, as a youth, did I ever, like... Because I was not, like, one of those, like, Cheerios kids. You know how, like, there's little kids, like, especially, like, when I was growing up, like, they'd always have, like, a bag of Cheerios and it would just be Cheerio shit all over the place? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was not that child. Also, Cheerios are disgusting. Like, I was never that because it would be like, oh, it's time to eat. Let's take you to go get nibbles now. 
oh, we're not nibbling anymore. Or maybe it'd be like, oh, do you want like fruit snacks? You get a, you get a fruit snack while we're doing this. Yes. Yes. Because that's like candy. So like candy, we just, you know. Um, but like we're not giving you like crunchies. No, I don't ever remember walking around with bags of snacks or having them available at all times, with the possible exception of like eating in the car, maybe. Oh, car eating is a different story. Yeah. But that would be like, here's a bag of goldfish, go to town. But like, that's also a food perfect for children because you're like, you can take one and eat one at a time, like a little fatty, until you get, you know, human bear cloth hands and you just go into that bag and go, well, this is half of it. And then you just open your gullet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, the Cheerios children, I always thought they were weird. I was like, something tells me you're not getting A, good nutrition, or B, that anyone loves you. Yeah, because, because that some... is what that is what it's a sign of. It was the it was the iPad before the iPad existed. Stop bothering mm. me. Here's your bag of Cheerios. Go away. Kinda. Or yeah. Mommy's conducting a transaction in the store. She doesn't need you distracting her. Have the Cheerio bag. You know. Make a mess with these like crumbly bits of crap. Yeah. And it's somebody else's problem. Yeah. Also, again, like, oh, someone's giving you unseasoned food to eat. <laughs> the I- the idea of you are so unloved. God damn, is very funny. Like no salt, <laughs> salty Cheerios. No cheddar. Like what? Like there's nothing. Like it's just a nothing food. Like you are unloved. Put a little Italian seasoning on those Cheerios and go to town. I mean, as a child, there was once it was like, oh, we're gonna mix up this thing. Put like an Italian dressing seasoning packet in with some oyster crackers and some olive oil, and then bake it, and then you're gonna go to town on those. And I was like, yes, I will. Thank you so much. Wow, that sounds like a delightful snack. Actually, I would eat that. Now. It's it's a treat. Let yeah. me tell you, as someone who enjoys a saltine, I was like, do some good shit. Um, can we talk about the um? You okay? Yeah, sorry. I'm really tired. I'm. I feel bad about this episode. I'm really off my game right now. I'm. Uh, you know what I'm gonna is... do? I'm gonna turn the light on really quick. Hang on. Yeah. Can you get some light so it's not sleepy time? <clears throat> this is why you gotta get into the nap game. I don't know why you don't do it. I. I don't know. Yeah, I've been working. I've been working hard all day uh, helping my dad in his new house. So I've been. You can't hear me. It's not on my end. Now you're back. What? That's so weird. Something when you jostle it, it go like any sort of move. Yeah. Um, now you're back. Um, now I'm back. Okay. Well, I was saying that I've been I was working hard all day on my dad's new house. I've been painting still over there. What? You can't hear me. This makes no sense. I that, can hear my I can hear it myself. Go, it just went. I can hear myself in the headphones. Now I'm you're picking back. up on the recorder just fine. Okay. Now you're back. Usually when it cuts out, I stop hearing myself, too. That's what's strange about this. I think the iRig is fucked. It might be. But I, I, shouldn't, I, I shouldn't be able... If it's cutting out for you, it should be cutting out for me, and it's not. It's not cutting out. It's just very low, which is very strange. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't really know what to do about that. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're painting Ron's new house. Yeah, so I've been spending all day painting Ron's new house and putting in hardware and blinds and uh, just, I don't know. I've I've had my brain sort of shut off all day, but at the same time working very hard, you know? It's not a very conducive to having a conversation. So Ron didn't pay the $20,000 to spray paint his house? Uh, no, he paid the same guy $4,000 to just paint 
uh, two rooms and a hallway. That's so much money. And the guy did a really terrible job. And so part of my work lately has been going back through and fixing all of his errors and touching up for him. Ew. Um, okay. And they were a week behind schedule. It's been a complete disaster. So I've been over there working on that. And it's just it's not a good headspace because I'm not really talking to anybody else, but I'm also working physically hard. Um, oh. So I end up very depleted by the end of the day without a lot of... Uh, Without a lot of like mental cycles, I haven't been turning anything yeah. over in my mind. I've been very concentrated, so it's I, I apologize. I'm off my game. It's difficult. Mm. But you wanted mm. to talk about something in particular, and I want to know what that is. Oh fuck! You said, "Can we talk about the?" And then I went and turned on the light. Oh yes. Okay. Th- this might be a rant thing. Can we talk about the the terribleness that is summer in New York and the of this one specific instance, the lobster roll. Can we consider the lobster roll? Consider the lobster roll. Go. In my day, even the most expensive little fucker at Dean and DeLuca was seventeen fifty, And even then, I'd be like, is that my lunch? No, that's a bit much. And then I would spend, you know, probably 19 getting a full rounded, like, moment, you know? Oh, one item at seventeen fifty that I would eat in three bites was ab- absurd. I, w- I would say no. I said no. Especially for, like, a you know, like a cold one. I was like, eh, they're only really good when they're kind of warm with the butter. Like, I don't like a cold one. Okay. You know? Yeah. Post float, I, I go, okay. So I'm clearly not going to do the oyster thing because, A, I can't, I'm not going to do the work to do that. It's also four o'clock. It's too early to drink straight gin. What what else can we do? Oh, there's a different kind of seafood moment. Oh, a lobster roll. Oh, I would like a lobster roll. Hi. Hi, can I get the Connecticut lobster roll with, you know, butter it up and make it, make it real nice? A cider fries. Let's do a rosé. All right, that'll be $35. And I went, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, the lobster roll is $22. And I said, what? Yeah. Can I name the lobster, kill it myself, and then then you can cook it? Or, like, what are we doing here? What What are we doing here? Like, why did the lobster roll become the aspirational treat that we then decided... Well, we can just upcharge the shit out of it exponentially year after year. Well, I feel like that has to do less with the increasing popularity of lobster rolls, because I don't know if that's gone up or anything. I think they've always been pretty popular and always been looked at as a delicacy, but I would generally say it follows like every other material lately, especially, but in general, where, uh, you know, supply is declining, man. It's harder and harder to come by lobsters these days, and they're more and more expensive now because oh, they've been no, overfished. Yeah, sure. No. Definitely. Not up here. Yeah. They're all over no, the place. Especially, especially in the Northeast. They've been overfished for two or three centuries, man. There's, you know, it's a declining supply. It really is. And they have to be of Remember a certain age. Remember when they used to give them away to fr- for free to poor people on the Lower East Side? Yeah, yeah. This was in yeah. the 1800s, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, Sure. Um, but or no, was that oysters anymore. or mussels? I don't remember. I think, it, I think it was all bottom feeders, but it was especially lobsters. That was considered like prisoner food because they were like insects. They weren't looked at as like, you know, fully animal. Yeah, they're sea bugs. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, but no, no. They, they The lobster has a particularly weird reproductive cycle too, and they have to reach a certain age of maturity before they can reproduce and before they can be harvested. So when you overfish them, it makes the supply decline especially hard because you're taking all the mature age um 
you know, hale and hearty male and female lobsters when they're supposed to be breeding and you're eating them instead. Mm. And we're talking about a time scale of years. Like lobsters don't have a breeding, uh, don't have a fast breeding cycle. So it's not like a lobster is born and a year later it can reproduce. No, it has to grow for like 10 years. It's like a tree. So, oh. uh, yeah, when you overfish them, the supply goes down. I'm sure, I'm positive that that's why lobsters are more expensive now. I also just think that like part of it is the what you're paying is the luxury of not having to kill your own lobster. I think the the stigma of like, oh my god, it's alive. I don't know if I can because like when you buy like a couple of them, it's not that like for the price of a lobster roll, which was like a couple pieces of knuckle meat and like a piece of the tail, like it was not even half a lobster for twenty one dollars. I was like, what is this $41 lobster? Can I meet him? I would like to meet him. Who's this big, burly motherfucker that would be like $12 for the whole goddamn thing? But I think what you're paying for is like the la- the non-guilt of, well, I didn't kill it. Which is kind of like what the moral responsibility that you're kind of saddled with when you're like, all right, we're making lobsters, but we got to kill it. Like you're absolved of that because you're like, I don't know, it's just abstracted by putting it in a buttery split top bun i don't i don't know about this will because the lobster roll and lobster as a luxury item has existed since at least the middle of the 20th century i mean that's when they started marketing these things like that yeah but it, it, i don't think it really has anything to do with the ethics of it i just think it has everything to do with inflation in general and then as, especially because of climate change and overfishing lobsters are gener- uh generally rarer than they used to be I, I don't think it's the case. I, I It is the case. I would like, like, what do you mean you don't think it's the case? It definitely is the case. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's when no I stand, way around that. When I stand on the beach and when I, you know, get grounded with the ocean, I feel like the lobsters are fine. You know, I just feel it in the winds. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. I, th- I think there's something to the, like, the guilt thing, as I would. I think there's something to that where people are like, I will pay out the ass for it. Because I don't have to deal with it, which is also the case with all shellfish. And I really, bivalves. I really don't think that that's true. Because if you look at the price of a lobster in the grocery store, it's still a very expensive item per pound of flesh. That sort of puts the lie to your argument like, completely. It's not as if you can buy a lobster for five dollars at the grocery store and it's suddenly twenty-two dollars when it's in a sandwich because you didn't have to kill it. It's still like seventeen dollars a pound at the grocery store. The profit margin on a lobster roll is probably really thin at the end of the day. I, it's being marked up a little bit because it has a per, it's perceived as a luxury experience. That it's I will perceived grant as you. treat. Yeah, like it's it, the perception is treat. Uh, but it's an expensive thing in the first place because it's not a common thing. I really don't We're think that the at... ethics of lobsters have changed significantly in the last couple of years, and that's why the price went from seventeen to twenty-two. I really price don't think that of argument holds lobster a lot. per pound. Seven forty-nine. Yeah, that's per pound, man. Yeah, sure. Like okay. one one lobster is like two pounds, fourteen dollars. But right. when you're getting not a whole lobster, you're getting go, almost a whole me. lobster on a lobster roll. There's not oh, that no, much no, no, meat no, on no. those things. Not this sad little bastard that i ate the other day i went oh man that is a knuckle one not two one and then some like sad meat i was like god damn it like i should have just gone to fucking whole foods picked one of those fuckers out and tossed it in the you know 
a salt toss it to its salty death you know yeah i guess i mean i don't know i i i I, i'm sorry i just intuitively i just don't buy your point here i really don't because especially because people that eat lobsters don't care about the ethics of the lobster killing you know there's such a thing as vegans and vegetarians now and they care about the ethics of like animal welfare and they oh really i haven't heard they've never told me yeah they won't eat these dishes so I, I really don't buy it that people are upcharging you so that they can have like a seamless experience as if it's ground beef, you know? And it's not like ground beef is more expensive because you don't really realize that it's a cow while you're eating it. Huh. Well, hmm. it probably should be more expensive than lobster. No, because there's a lot of cows and we can breed them more easily. It's not as difficult. But it's more land. There's endless water. There's so much. There's so much ocean. Yes, you but know? you're familiar with like animal habitats. It's not like lobsters can live everywhere and in every condition. They live in the tanks at Red Lobster. Duh, that's where they come from. <laughs> they live every in the lobster tanks for lives a in a giant twenty-five gallon, suffering to death. Yeah, they live in twenty-five gallon tanks everywhere. Duh. They do not thrive in those tanks. No, I wouldn't. Uh, no, I wouldn't and I'm sure there are to. such a thing as lobster farms, but there's all sorts of problems with like aquatic um, animal husbandry. It's a much more difficult situation because the chemical composition of the water matters. You know, um, we're talking about gay fish. What are we talking about? I'm talking about fish. I'm talking about lobsters. It's much more difficult to farm aquatic life on a large scale than it is to farm uh, land-based animals on a large scale. It would be as if you had to quality control the air outdoors to keep your cattle alive. That's what you have to do to farm raise salmon or lobster or whatever. Yeah, I feel like in, I think it's maybe a more American thing for like, we have endless land so we can have endless cows and chickens and shit, you know? Like, I feel like when you, this is where like you get the prices of like an Iberico ham, like through the roof if it's, you know cured in italy because they're like we have less we have a we have a the lesser land uh than you uh it's a mia mario your ham dealer you know yeah um versus america we're like y'all y'all want some ham and we're like oh please don't say that so loud jesus christ um it's like oh was did did that pig have a great life and it's like no it was raised in a factory it shat all over its other friends and uh we ate we cut them up you're like oh sounds terrible don't you have endless land in the Midwest and the West? And they're like, yeah, but where do we put the airplane hangar to slaughter them all? And you're like, okay, never mind. Like, Peggy Jean makes her return as a hog farmer now. That's her that's side not Peggy job. Jean. That, oh, okay. No, that's it's, it's a little different. It's a little different. That's Jean Peggy. Jean St. Peg <laughs> from Manitoba, Peg. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Manitoba's no, in Canada. Different... <laughs> we don't have a a sister manitoba somewhere up in the north i maybe maybe i don't know i something tells me there's some kind of uh well, i wish the, there were people the with point, southern what accents is the point you're Canada. trying to make here I, again i'm once again i'm confused and once again I'm, point, I'm off my game tonight so i'm, I'm having a little my main point i'm having is a that hard I, time following this conversation my main point is that like when we think of these uh like maybe lapsed contemporary icons of city folk fetishizing summer especially like you know considering the lobster considering rosé rosé used to be cheap as shit no one wanted to drink it 
until it became a thing. Like in the Hamptons, there was the great rosé shortage of 2016. Because if you didn't have it, you were trash. You were gutter trash if you didn't have rosé to drink at a party for your garden parties. Like, sure. oh, yeah, you've got a Sauvignon. But what about the rosé? And people would be like, what? You drink that shit? And people are like, no, it's really cool. Like, like all of all, you know, and even circling back to the Lord of it all. Like, if you're not feeling a certain way about an icon of summericity, you're not living your best life, you know? So like me going like, oh, fine. I wanted some kind of seafood moment. Fine. Give me a lobster. I'll overpay. But I was like, I overpaid, but I'm even shocked by what I, what resulted from the overpay. Because even in my memory, a $17 Dean and DeLuca roll was miles better than this. Yeah. Okay. Like it's the law of diminishing returns on these like things that were codified as, status signifiers of a uh, uh, you know a well-lived seasonal moment you know in the same way that like pumpkin spice is now vilified as like basic bitch trash yeah yes like and there's no replacement for these things especially in terms of like you know seasonal summertime I'm like i don't know like what's what is the new thing i couldn't tell you i don't know and i don't care but like even when i want to have something that's like a little bit of a treat i'm like jesus fuck this got pr'd to death you know well i think that you do care and if that is the case you should spend a little bit more time tracking down what the new summer trends are because i'm sure that they exist and you could have you could have a new experience each summer of of something that represented summerness that year but instead you're like nostalgic for older trends it's not nostalgia no no no, no. yes because my, my real my real like my real source of joy was like oh i'm gonna go now because i didn't know that there was a frank peppies in yonkers i was like "Ooh, a drive to yonkers is a lot closer than going to new haven um you know but i was like oh i'm not driving after a float Oof, we're not we're not sitting in an hour and 45 of traffic just to get a pizza that i'm gonna eat half of it in the car wearing white no um you know like i i just kind of wonder like can you again going back to like the previous conversation of like can you have like a a kind of fun without uh a should kind of being attached to it like what is the condition of like summer fun and it's like well i got a lobster roll it's like oh fuck this one like like, do you just have to submit to, I guess this is the thing I've been conditioned to do. I get a one and then I go, okay, that's the one and we're done. I did it. Like the same way some people treat like going to the beach. It's like, well, I went to the beach once. I don't have to go back anymore. You know, like. I don't know. I think part of the problem with this is conceptualizing all of your summertime fun and all of your treats in consumerist forms. Because every I think time that's the bigger you, problem. Yes. Every time you do that, you're subject to the law of diminishing returns. It's going to be good when it initially debuts, and then it's going to go to shit because the profit needs to go up while the quality goes down. That's how everything works when you're operating in a consumerist model, right? Yeah. So if your if your point is that, or if your contention is that you're looking for a way to like redefine your summer fun, I think you need to look outside of shopping for it. 
Even the float is subject to this, and you described the exact same thing, that it went down in quality from the first time you experienced it or the first few times you experienced it. Granted, it might have just been because it was in a different location, but it's probably because that's become bigger industry now. And as things get chainified and uh, more widespread, they automatically go down in quality. They just have to. There's no other. There's no other way around it. So maybe don't shop when you're trying to have fun. It's a, you don't need to yeah. do that. I mean, I did hallucinate a little bit in the tank. You, you know, that's just gonna happen. Uh, wasn't as long as I'm used to, because you know it's a new. Um, but you know, the idea that like this goes back to the idea of like again a couple, maybe the last one or the uh, one before of like like the the push of like you know spend more now fun all that like because summer is peak that summer is peak if you're not blowing cash you're not having fun and even the pride things of like if you don't have a ticket for this you're not having fun you're not living your best life and i'm like i am exhausted by all of this especially for like when the idea of like what i think of as summer fun time is just like real lazy easy breezy like go get like a half a sandwich half a sammy sit on the beach take half a gummy enjoy your life just be slow about it but like there's somehow in in the zeitgeist this idea of like like it's summer on speed and i'm not here for it i'm like this is not the way that you do it and historically that's not the way to appreciate it. I don't know why you feel subject to these pressures. I don't understand this. This all seems. I don't self- feel subject to them. I just notice this. Yeah, but that that. But you started this out by complaining about the lobster price, right? Like, and the float yeah. tank experience. Like, you do feel subject to these pressures, and you have higher expectations than what the market can give to you. I I I don't think that you need to be trapped in this, like, you know. <laughs> Foucault panopticon of like policing yourself and your experiences around like what other people tell you it should be or what you or even what you expect from it based on what's advertised to you. What you're talking about is like you have all this advertisement energy coming at you from different vectors telling you that this is the way the summer should be or this is the way an experience should be and you're constantly disappointed. I just think you can not participate in this or when you do participate in it, not feel disappointed by it. Of course, I mean, of course. Um, the after all, you're doing it to yourself. So if if yeah. you're you know if you're going to do the float tank and the lobster roll and have these like sort of luxury experiences, which there's nothing wrong with that, um, you cannot be disappointed by setting your expectations lower to begin with. Which has to do with not being so influenced by what summer should be, according to somebody else. But, like, what I'm getting at in in the larger, like, fetching is, like, the idea of... Because it's not about advice. I'm not, you know, I'm not asking for, like, how to feel about it. What I'm, what I'm asking about is trying to figure out, like, given the state of the world as, as we are emerging into... Um, combined with uh, the kind of invisible hand becoming material. Like, I just wonder, like, how escapable is it writ large? Like, you, what you're describing is ignoring it to me. 
because like when you're in you know in a city there's all you just there's a certain kind of energy out that you're just like ooh, ooh, something's weird something like there's a lot of like when you feel the rush of the return to the speed to the return of like oh we gotta do that it's like ooh, i don't want to do anything the whole idea is doing nothing like it's hot don't do anything that's the point um and i'm just kind of fascinated by the fact that it's absolutely effective and but the magic isn't there like there's no magic yeah but that has everything to do with the way that you feel about it that has very little to do with any anything else exerting exerting some personal you know some personal responsibility for your experiences is what you are in need of i'm not i'm not i'm not advocating ignoring it i mean that's one possible that's one possible avenue um but it's just about expectation setting it is yeah, about your per- it is about your personal feelings like clearly this is you've been thinking about this so not in no. a negative not in a bad way but you you know if this is go if this is going through your mind you are being influenced and my response to the question is just you need to exert some you need to exert yourself into that dynamic how do you feel about being influenced? Um, clearly not well. So what can you do about that? Well, what I did about it was uh, buy some books from Verso, and apparently they were delivered, but they're not here. Well, again, I feel like I feel like we're talking past each other a little bit because, again, you bought another thing. Yeah, it was a book about hedonism. And I was like, ooh, how can we do that now? Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But you can't buy your you can't buy your way out of this problem. You cannot consume your way out of this problem. We can we can uh, we can talk about it more on the after show. Are you sure? Let's talk about it now. Why? What do you have to say? Because I don't think you're listening. <laughs> really? And I don't think you're yes ending the the process of the the talking about the talking about. You know. Uh, well, maybe I no. I want to have it out because maybe I'm just not getting it. I feel like. I I don't under I don't understand I don't understand the second layer. There doesn't seem to be one. I I would uh, I don't I don't think that's true. In what in the kind of conditions of what we're seeing or at least what I'm seeing in the world in terms of uh the way people are kind of being uh satiated with very limited like cuz like when you think about in New York, there's those, the like family checks. So like checks per child are being sent out to people like as a little salve. Like I, I think that there's little in culture right now We're we're doing these little patches for everyone's psyche that are all about spending. And I think that's getting in the way of kind of being in the world. And again, I'm susceptible to it, and I'm also just, like, kind of disappointed in myself that I'm like, oh, this, oh, I'm doing that shit. Like, you know, like, but it seems unavoidable. And it's this unavoidability via the the lobster roll where you're just like, huh, I just kind of fell into that, but it seemed like, you know, I was essentially pitched it by locations near me that I was like, mm, okay, I'll do that, I guess. Um that that unavoidability of that, oh, I guess I'll do that. And it's just like, is this, 
is what we're is the kind of contemporary psychosis of our current moment just like little like salves that we're applying and i think yes and i'm kind of living or in that in that day i was just kind of putting salves on but i'm kind of trying to figure out the why 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 is it like band-aids why are we buying band-aids instead of doing something else I mean, I think if, I think if you're going to talk on a societal level, why are all the inputs telling people to uh, cover things up through spending and consumption? I think the answer is obvious. We've talked about it a million times that that is the that is the only way now. Like market participation is the only way that anything works. And if you fall outside of a market context, like you're not a real citizen. Um you're either a very precarious person or you're like completely homeless and you're out of the equation entirely and people will just watch you die, right? So but the quality, yeah, but the quality of the band-aids is so low. The quality you know? of the band-aid is the bare minimum. Because from from the highest echelons of society, there n- no one is willing to do anything larger and grander uh FDR New Deal style to actually fix things at a structural level. So we have to put these little band-aids or salves, as you describe them, on every societal problem and only to the minimal degree that we can. I mean, this is where all the stimulus checks came from, right? You get $600 here, $1,300 here. That's not a meaningful amount of money really in any of those discrete examples. It's just enough. Not in the contemporary. No, it's just enough to cover the, the problem uh, in a thin layer of sand until the corpse pops out again. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I, if the, I if the question is really why, you know, why why is the vibe in society bad because people are just getting little Band-Aids and why are the experiences, like, increasingly more disappointing? Um, it's because until the system decays to a degree where people actually revolt or until there's some sort of enlightened elite that decides that the structural problems need to be addressed, the structural problems of inequality need to be addressed enough so that they can keep their position of power, uh, this is what we're going to keep getting. That we're getting stitches instead of, you know, lavender oil. Well, we might be getting lavender oil or stitches, but we're certainly not getting the surgery that's actually required, you know? You have a collapsed lung and someone's like, here, here's some oxygen for five minutes. Not, we're going to reinflate the thing. You know, it's it's society limping along. I would agree with you that the 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 interesting thing about your prompt here is that the vibe is bad and it seems off. And when you inhabit it personally, it seems extra off, especially as a thinking person that's like sort of has a metacognitive ability to look at these things from a separate perch and say, I know I'm just consuming right now and it's kind of bullshit, but whatever. I still enjoy a lobster roll every once in a while. And then even still it's bad. Or it's worse than you expected. It's yeah, sort of it's, like it's an not extra even the kind kick of thing in where the you nuts. can be like, of course, I just did it, whatever. You're just like, I did it and it was bad. God damn. It wasn't even like, oh, nothing was enjoyed. Like, again, like the satisfaction level, you're just like, oh, empty, empty calories, you know, from roof to basement. Jesus Christ. You know, like it, it's, it's palpably, you know, pardon the pun, it's palpably awful. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for the record, I was listening before and th- and that's why I was advocating. Basically, it just comes down to the way that you feel about it and exerting control over that. And I'm not talking to you right now. 
I just mean that generally. I really think that that is the only solution to the problem is you do have to kind of look you have do have to kind of look inward and detach from these things a little bit. Um because what you're being sold and asked to participate in doesn't even work uh doesn't even work as the band-aid anymore. Like the blood is still just flowing on your birthday while you're getting a float and getting a lobster roll. And if that's the case then you have to you have to ask yourself like are are the, is this the way that I really look for salvation here? And if the answer is no, it's thoroughly no. And there has to be other ways to find it. And you can find it through intellectual activity, through physical activity, through social activity, but you cannot find it in market activity. But where is the treat? It's not about set, you know, at, at that it's not about you know, zoomed out things like where what is the real corporeal treat if that even can't exist anymore i mean i think it i i I don't or is it just a reframing mechanism is what you're saying i think i think you have to reframe what a treat is because if a treat is a discrete object that only gives you um short-term physical and psychic pleasure that's what the market has trained us our entire lives to anticipate and to desire and if that desire is not being fulfilled by the market anymore, then you have to look outside of it and reframe what a treat is for yourself. And I and I am pretty positive that it's not something you can buy. Even the experience, you know, in the past uh, 15 years, we, we've talked about the experience economy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Even that is failing. Yep. Yeah. Or at least now, like, the seams are so afraid that I'm like, ooh, even that was the shammery of it is showing very hard because the people who are putting on the show can't do it anymore well no yeah and i think one of the reasons that millennials and and zoomers in particular like prize experiences over objects or like um i don't know more local sensual pleasure is that for most of our lives travel got really cheap and experiences got really cheap and the service economy was replacing the manufacturing economy you know uh, but that's not so true anymore. The service economy is also kind of falling off a cliff and lowering itself in quality, law of diminishing returns. You know, So you have to look outside of being able to purchase experiences. You might actually have to form them like through your own agency. I guess that's what, I'm, what I mean by personal responsibility is like the, the treat can be a good conversation with a friend, not the wine that you bought. You probably bought wine to get the conversation going, but like that's not really It used the point. to be both, though. It, well, that's, that's the part where you're just like, ooh, the, it, we're kind of this one I'm getting at is like you find the core of what the thing actually is. And it's like the you know, we're all just going to be on a com, you know, we're just going to be on a commune living in yurts at a certain point where it's like, mm, well, no, you can still consume and you can still do these things, but they're not going to add the same dimension to the experience that they used to add. And that's why I was cautioning you against nostalgia before. Don't expect them to. If you do, you're going to ruin your own social experiences uh, because the accoutrement around it isn't sufficient for you. Yeah. Curtains close. Scene opens on new thing. Hopefully. Blocks, re- you know, strange blocks replace dining table. Welcome to, uh, what's it called? What's that thing? <laughs> that guy Be with the, the Godot and the... We're in a Brechtian landscape, unfortunately kind of sucks there's nothing sensuous about it you're just like why are there white foam things oh shit yeah Literally, it does, that's where I we're mean, at we're at the oh everything's white foam 
It does kind of suck. Yes, your your set is really flimsy. So the the action and the characterization has to be more prominent now. But the the thing that's difficult, and I think why this conversation has been a little contentious or whatever, the the thing that's gone unspoken is that the the social dimension of our lives that could become the new type of treats is actually harder to access because we become so accustomed to worrying about the set design and the production and the CGI car crashes in our lives that we haven't focused on character in a long time. And now you have to learn that uh, generationally without a basis for it, really. Yeah, TBS, characters welcome. Who? How many characters, you know? Mm, 140. I guess it's two. Okay. <laughs> now we can stop. That one, that one, That there we go. There we go. All that's right. the one. That's the one. Apparently Twitter's dead too, but that's a different conversation for another day. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.